Sport Tracks on SAFM with John Kariga. With John, John, John Kariga. From swimming and cycling to running, let's just talk cycling with South Africa's most successful road cyclist, Ashley Mulban Pasio joins us now. Ashley, uh, how's it? It's been a long time. How's it going overseas? Hi, John. Yeah, all good. How are you? Licker. No, I'm licker. And I'm using South African words on purpose because you miss us. <laughs> yes, of course I'm in South Africa. No, nowhere <laughs> in the world is close to the vibe of South Africa, right? Well, that's what we say. But you're back on the bike again. I was going to say what happened last year and the year before. You only did like 10 races the whole year. But what's going on? How's the 2022 season treating you? It looks like not too bad so far. Yeah, I've had a great season so far. It's uh, a very, very consistent season. So every race I started, I've been in the top 10. Um, so I started off with the podium at the Strade Bianchi, which is a great start. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I've just missed the podium a couple of times. So fourth in the Flesh Wallon and Liège Baton Liège uh, recently. Uh, Flesh Wallon was really a big goal of mine, but unfortunately, I suffered a mechanical, which resulted in a bike change uh, with 20 days to go, which uh, meant I had to put in a really big effort to come back to the uh, peloton, and then yeah, I was right up there, um, going for the victory until the last couple of um, hundred meters, and yeah, I finished fourth, but very happy with um, my season so far. It's been a solid start, very consistent, and always um, looking good for the Tour de Femme, which will be in July this year. Really looking forward to that. That's a big goal. It seems as if your your goal this year is to try and mix things up a little in that ladies' peloton. You're not just sitting back and waiting. You're causing a little bit of a ruckus in the front there. Yeah, well, I mean, I have to say I've had um, really great uh, preparation for the season. I've uh, This year I've been mixing up some uh, virtual cycling or, or e-sports cycling. So I've been mm-hmm. uh, racing on the platform just as part of um, my my own team, which I launched, uh, the Rocker Corbett Collective team. Um, and it's a team and community based um, on the Zwift platform. And the objective is really um, to, to grow female participation and to create a, a safe and fun space for women to come together and to grow in confidence and to become the best version of themselves. So, yeah, I've taken a lot of, um, you know, strength from that. So other than the, the physical strength of racing and, and um coming to good form, it's also given me a lot of motivation, you know, knowing that I have this community around me who who really believes in me, and yeah, that's really fueled my uh, performances, and yeah, given me the confidence to, to go for it, and to, to give it my best shot, and um, yeah, who knows, next, at some point, um, by taking those chances, or the right attack at the right moment, um, I'm sure it's going to result in a win. No doubt. Uh, I want to talk about women's cycling for a moment. It's getting the coverage now. It's it's getting on before the men's races. You're getting to race the big races now as well. Has it always been this big in Europe and is now finally getting the publicity it deserves? I know. I mean, cycling has definitely evolved um, over the 13 years that I've been racing in the Pro Peloton in Europe. So this is my 13th season uh, <laughs> racing in Europe. And there's a big difference um, between today and, and 13 years ago. Um, it's definitely the calendars have grown, the races. Uh, we have more of the really prestigious races, you know, mm. so the monuments, the same as the men, the Tour of Flanders. Um, Amstel Gold, Flechwalan, Liège, Baston Liège, Paris-Roubaix, um, you know, that's also a race that, that only has just um, since the pandemic come onto the women's um, calendar. And this year, 
the Tour de Femme. So we have our own Tour mm. de France, and that's really a big moment uh, for women cycling, and I think that's really going to push the sport forward. And, you know, it was kind of strange because, um, you know, the, the COVID pandemic, you know, was a, a, the, the world's biggest crisis for, for many, many years, and a lot of people thought that, and um, this, you know, crisis or setback uh, would would really, you know, take women cycling a couple of steps back. But actually, I think it's done the exact opposite. It's been um, a pla- it's been the the um, trampoline to sort of push us forward, and that's really thanks to to Zwift and and the virtual world and um, mm-hmm. you know racing and training in the virtual world and people being able to to see women's racing, you know, the numbers were, were good, which then convinced um, the ASO that we that we needed a women's race. ASO is the organization that um, that organizes the Tour de France. And Zwift put their money where their mouth is, and they, they came on board as the title sponsors. So, yeah, things are, are really moving forward fast for women's sport. The fact that we're um, visible now on a regular basis on on TV for mm. people to watch, um, it's really you know allowing um, everyone out there to see what our sport is all about and to see how exciting and dynamic it is. And yeah, so I think uh, yeah, women's on the up. Uh, women's cycling is on the up, and yeah, it's going great places. But I I know what a Zwift is. You know what a Zwift is. For somebody who doesn't, what is a Zwift? So yeah, I mean Zwift is a virtual platform. Um, for indoor cycling, so mm-hmm. uh, to be able to to ride on Swift, you need to have a, an indoor trainer that you can um, connect your bike to, or a smart bike. You know, so what bikes, for example, um, is a is a setup that a lot of people in South Africa use. These bikes also um, connect to Swift, so you need either the smart bike or your bike on a smart trainer. Um, smart trainers because the trainer then communicates uh, through a device like your laptop or your iPad um, with, you know, a screen. You either use it on on that same screen like the iPad or the laptop, or it can, you know, right. um, be the you know source to go to a TV, you know, bigger TV screen so that you feel more immersed in the game. Um, yeah, and then it's a platform, so your um, you couple up your smart trainer um, through this platform with a, a screen, and you you see avatars, you know, moving around in a virtual world. So um, it's a really effective way uh, to train in a in a safe environment in your home, and um, also really time effective, you know. So for those mm. people out there who have full time jobs, um, you know, they don't have a lot of time in the week to go out, you know, to get dressed in their kit and um, go through all the robots to get out of the cities to train. <laughs> you know, Zwift is a great platform. Did you ride the Paris-Roubaix? I didn't ride the Paris-Roubaix. Um, okay. The reason why I didn't is because in women's cycling now, you know, things are really becoming uh, quite professional. We have a lot of um, races on the calendar these days, mm. so we're starting to see um, segmentation in within the team. So you would have, um, especially in the spring classics, which we've just completed now, um, you have more or less an Ardennes group, and that's the group that would focus right. more on, you know, Ardennes is an area in Belgium. It's um, short, sharp climbs, but not cobbles, uh, because, you know, being a lighter rider, I'm at a slight disadvantage on the cobbles because of my body weight. You know, if you really <laughs> like, you just get bounced around a lot on, on those cobbles. So I'm part of the Ardennes group, and then we have a group within the team which is so-called the Flanders group or cobbled group, and um, they would be more of the the cobbled classics. So unfortunately, I didn't race, but I definitely watched it with great interest, and yeah, it was a great show. I don't think you mind not riding the cobbles. I think that's okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's a little bit of a hard one for me because I actually do enjoy, you know, racing a race like Flanders. Mm. Um, I've actually finished fourth in the Flanders before, and it was really a close fourth, so I was almost on the podium. It was just in a sprint that I missed the podium. So, you know, I am a punchy rider. Um, the short, sharp climbs suit me well. And, you know, if you get your tire pressure right, um, you can compensate for your light body weight on the cobbles. But Paris Bay is a different animal altogether. You know, it's um, it's not the same as Flanders. The cobbles are, are, are really quite grueling and just super, super harsh on the body. So I have to be honest, like, I just have to accept that it's not really the the race for me. Um, so, yeah, and also the risk of crashing there is quite mm-hmm. big, um, especially if you're a small rider like myself. And um, the races that are, are really priority races for me are literally the week after um, the Paris-Roubaix. So it's just not worth taking the risk. Okay, let's talk about this uh, Tour de Femme, the Tour de France for ladies. It's interesting. It's almost backwards. You get a start on the Champs-Élysées. You're going to end on top of a mountain. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, this is obviously a big topic of conversation. And so I was involved in some of the early meetings to kind of decide on the best strategy forward. And I I think it was a great decision uh, made by so who organizes the Tour de France and the Tour de Femme, they decided that, you know, logistically it's it's really, really a big challenge for them to run both races at the same time. And on top of that, they didn't want women to be, um, you know, in the shadow of the men. Mm. So, you know, often that happens, especially if you have a big tour like the Tour de France, you know, we would have to start much earlier than the men to ensure that, um, you know, that the, that the it's clear for the men and that there isn't a case of, you know, two groups somehow joining us at some point. So, um, you know, that means, you know, we're kind of in the shadow, the the yeah. pre-race, you know, sort of spectacle, but not really giving the true attention to, to the sport that we deserve. So I think it was a really good decision um, to, to do it after the men's Tour de France. So you have the three weeks of the men's Tour de France and throughout the, to the men's Tour de France, they will be, you know, creating a bit of a hype about the women's race that's coming up with some ads and some snippets that they are busy shooting now. So, you know, and everyone knows that after the Men's Tour de France, there's this, like, blues period, you know. We've mm. all been mm. watching the Tour de France <laughs> every day, you know, engaged in the excitement of the race. And then when it's over, there's, there's nothing to do, you know, in the afternoon. So now that, you know, the women's race is going to replace that um, lull, you know, in that blues period. So hopefully, you know, people will be really excited to continue watching and, mm. and to watch out. It's a little bit strange because honestly we all know the Tour of France is, you know, finishing on the Champs Elysees where we will be starting on the Champs Elysees. But you know, women's cycling is also its its own sport in in a way. You know, we have our own dynamics. So yeah, you know, we don't have to have exactly the same as the men. Mm. As long as it's equal opportunity. That's what I'm always um fighting for. So we have the opportunity to race the Tour of him and I'm I'm really happy with that. And good day is starting in, in Paris and uh, finishing up the Belfield, uh, climb. It's it's really a super tough climb, so it's going to keep everyone on the edge of the till mm. till the very last second. Yeah, it's it's a it's a wonderful route. It starts off flat and gets hillier and hillier, and then as you say, it ends on top of a mountain. It's a great way to great way to end the race. Yeah, eighty four days. Course because route. Um, Sorry, eight days, and there's, yeah. there's something for everyone. You know, there's. Uh, flat stages, four sprint finishes, there's punchy climbing stages, there's even some gravel. 
and I'm sure. going to stages sort of middle of the tour and then it starts going more towards the mountains. And so the last three stages are a little bit tougher with some, some mountain passes and then yeah, the final stage is really the queen stage. Uh, so I think it's, it's going to be good. Ashley, great chatting to you again. That's 84 days, 15 hours, 29 minutes and 36 seconds away, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Good chatting to you again. Ashley Millman Passio rounding off her final spring campaign at Liège, best on Liège, with a top 10 finish again. She took fourth behind SD Works teammate Demi Vollering. Keep up the flying that flag. She's been riding for us for so long and representing the country so well. It's, uh, it's great to have her there, and we'll see her at the Tour de France for ladies after the men's Tour de France.